0: I'm Andrew Green with this edition of FlickPick. This past weekend, I watched two movies. First up was Tetris, which I watched on Apple Plus, and then I headed to Celebration Cinema in Benton Harbor to see the new Super Mario Bros. movie. So, this edition of FlickPick is a twofer. I'm reviewing two video game-related movies in one fell swoop. Let's start with the bigger of the two, the Super Mario Brothers movie. This thing is an animated film produced by Illumination. They're the same people who have given us Despicable Me and the Minion movies. So it's 2023 and we're just now getting a Super Mario Bros. movie, huh? Oh, right. Well, that's not exactly correct. There already was a Super Mario movie. It came out in 1993, and it was terrible. And that hits close to home for me. You see, I grew up in the 1980s playing Super Mario video games. I've played them my whole life. I've played, like, every Mario game that's come out. And yes, back in 93, I eagerly went to the theater to see the Super Mario movie starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo. And I couldn't have been more excited. Kid Me thought that a Super Mario movie would be about the greatest thing ever. Even though I did think it was a little strange the movie wasn't animated, I still had high hopes for it. And then I saw that original film. I have to tell you, and this is a true story, the 1993 Super Mario Bros. movie was the first truly bad film or truly disappointing film I'd ever seen in a theater. Child Me walked out of that AMC theater in Sterling Heights, Michigan, and I was utterly baffled by what I'd just seen. Rather than being a Super Mario adaptation that was faithful to the source material, this thing was a steampunk fevered dream. It was virtually nothing like the games, and I just couldn't believe it. I kept saying, why did they do that? Like, seriously, why did they do that? I didn't understand at all why the original Super Mario movie was nothing like the games and I never forgave them for it. And apparently neither did Nintendo, because they never made another movie again until now. The 1993 Super Mario movie failed so hard that it scared Nintendo away from the film industry for decades. That's how much of a disaster it was. Now watching that 1993 movie today, it's actually not all that bad on its own, but as a Super Mario adaptation it fails completely, and so here we are now in 2023 with this new Mario movie. And what did I think? Well, I'll tell you that I am very pleased they finally got it right. Yep, they finally got it right. Super Mario finally has a proper movie adaptation. Is this movie great? Well, no, not really. Is it good? Yes. Is it a good Mario film? Oh, absolutely it is. The Super Mario Bros. Movie 2023 finally gets it right. This movie is like the games. It's exactly what the 93 film should have been. It's animated, it's colorful, it features all the characters we love, it has a lot of humor, it moves fast, and yes, it's like the games. After seeing so many failed attempts at adapting video games to movies, I am so pleased to report that finally someone's figured it out. The secret to making a video game movie is to make the movie like the games. And someone finally did it. To me this is great because it means people from my generation are now making adaptations of the things that we liked as kids. The reason why the 1993 Mario movie didn't work is that it was made by adults back then and they didn't know what kids would expect out of something like that. They didn't know what to do. Here we have this new film directed by Aaron Horvath, Michael Jelenic, and Pierre LeDuc, written by Matthew Fogel, and they knew what to do, probably because they grew up with Mario just like me. This new film has Chris Pratt as the voice of Mario, as well as Charlie Day as the voice of Luigi, Anna Taylor-Joy as the voice of Princess Peach, and Jack Black as Bowser. In the film, Mario and Luigi start out as plumbers in Brooklyn, struggling to get their new business off the ground when they're somehow transported through a portal, or I should say a warp pipe, to the Mushroom Kingdom. Mario and Luigi get separated right away, and it's now up to Mario to find his brother, and also to stop Bowser from taking over the Mushroom Kingdom. He's helped a Princess Peach by Toad, voiced by Keegan-Michael Key, and the movie goes from there. Something I loved about this new Mario movie is that it does not waste any time at all. I mean, it moves fast. In fact, sometimes maybe a little too fast. This picture is tailor-made to the kids who would be seeing it, so they don't waste too much time on any one thing. The movie opens up in Brooklyn, Mario and Luigi are struggling, BAM! They wind up in the Mushroom Kingdom and we're off to the races. There are extended sequences of this movie where Mario actually does platforming like he would in the games, which I thought was really cool, and the humor doesn't stop. The animation in this movie is beautiful, it looks great, and I did enjoy the voice acting. A lot of people complained about Chris Pratt being cast as Mario, but honestly, I thought he was just fine here. He doesn't just sound like Chris Pratt. And for that matter, really, none of the rest of the cast just sounds like themselves. For example, Jack Black. A lot of people have said that Jack Black is the best thing about this movie, and I agree he is, but he doesn't just sound like Jack Black. No, they've got some digital effects on him to make his voice a little deeper, and so you've got this convincing voice, it's Jack Black, kind of doing a Jack Black spin on Bowser, but you're never distracted by the fact that it's Jack Black. Same goes for Charlie Day as Luigi, I was actually hoping he'd be in the movie a little more. I thought he did a good job, it's not just Charlie Day, but it's Charlie Day as Luigi. The closest thing to a member of the cast that just sounds like themselves playing themselves is Seth Rogen as Donkey Kong. But in this particular case, because of the way the character was portrayed, it didn't bother me so much. Like, Donkey Kong in this movie is this sort of frat guy party animal. So when Seth Rogen does his typical, you know, Seth Rogen laugh, (laughs) it actually works for the character. I liked that this movie did not center around Princess Peach being kidnapped by Bowser. I mean, I know that is the focus of a lot of the games, but at this point, that trope is tired, and really, in 2023, why do that? Rather, Anna Taylor-Joy's Peach here is highly capable and is her own hero. In fact, she sort of trains Mario on the ways of the Mushroom Kingdom. References to things in the games and also other Nintendo games besides Mario properties are throughout this film. They do a great job of giving us fan service, including a whole lot of things that Mario game fans would want to see in a Mario movie. There's a Mario Kart sequence, we've got characters from Super Mario 2 like the Shy Guys, so it's not just the Mario 1 and Mario 3 canon, and one of those little star guys from Super Mario Galaxy even shows up. One thing that disappointed me a little was That Wario isn't in this movie so I kind of hope that Wario is in the second one maybe as the villain and needless to say no Waluigi but that's okay you got to save a couple of things for the next film honestly this movie put a smile on my face throughout I was just glad to be sitting there in a theater seeing Super Mario Brothers get the treatment it deserved by Hollywood it was an awesome feeling to see the words produced by Shigeru Miyamoto appear on the screen that's right Miyamoto gets credit in this movie and it's right up front and center The Super Mario Bros. movie works for just about any audience, whether it's oldsters like me taking a walk down memory lane, or young kids who want to see something funny and colorful. It's fun, it's fast-paced, it's beautiful. Even though the movie isn't perfect, I'm still very happy that Mario finally got a proper film. They finally did it right, folks. I give the Super Mario Bros. movie a 4 out of 5 for this edition of Flick Pick. All right, and up next is the second film I'll be reviewing today. It's Tetris, the Apple TV movie about the struggle back in the 1980s to secure the publishing rights to the video game Tetris. And yes, this Tetris movie is based on a true story, mostly. More on that in a minute. I've actually heard it many times, I've read the Tetris publishing story, I've seen documentaries about it in the past, so walking into this Apple TV picture, I already sorta knew what was going to happen, but it was fun and interesting to see in a dramatic adaptation. For those who don't know, Tetris, the world-famous puzzle video game, was developed by a single computer scientist in the Soviet Union back in the 1980s. It ended up catching on in the Soviet Union, being passed around, presumably on floppy disks between people who had access to computers, and eventually it was leaked to the West. When Western video game companies set their sights on Tetris to try to publish it in their own countries, they found that negotiating for the publishing rights to a Soviet property was not easy. This movie Tetris is all about that. This is the true story of how businessman Hank Rogers went to the Soviet Union to secure these rights so that Nintendo could publish the game in the US. And it was not an easy struggle. Tetris the movie features many twists and turns in which you think something good has just happened and then it turns out it hasn't, and there are all these competing business entities trying to get permission from the Soviets to publish the game themselves. Meanwhile, our main character, Hank, played by Taryn Edgerton, has everything on the line here. He has to secure this deal, otherwise he'll go flat broke, so there's that added element of drama. The movie culminates with various competing business interests all in one place in Moscow trying to get permission from the Soviets to publish Tetris. Now, because we know that ultimately Nintendo did get those rights. They published Tetris on the NES and packaged Tetris with every Game Boy, at least for the first 30 million units. We are already aware of how this is going to end, but it's an interesting ride. Taron Edgerton does a good job as Hank. He looks like he's a sleazy businessman, but he's actually not. The guy's earnest. In fact, during his negotiations with the Soviets, he flat out tells them, I'm the only honest person here, and they know it because they've been spying on all their American visitors. All these characters are, like, trying to out-negotiate each other and pulling their own little tricks. And meanwhile, the Soviets are just playing them off each other. Off to the side is Alexei Pajitnov, played by Nikita Efremov, the actual inventor of Tetris, who seems to be in a lot of danger throughout all this, and who, incidentally, never saw a penny for the game until he left the Soviet Union. Throughout the film, Taryn Edgerton and Alexei strike up a friendship, and they develop some decent chemistry. With all the intrigue going on here with the Soviet Union and all these American business interests, Tetris does weave a tangled web, and it's enough to keep this whole affair interesting. You might think a movie about some business negotiations would be a little dry, but this movie never is, and it's got some heart. I mean, who doesn't love Tetris? There are a few times where Taryn Edgerton will give a little speech about how the whole world deserves this game, and that might sound overdramatic, but actually I don't think it is. I mean, Tetris very well could be the greatest video game ever made. It's been enjoyed by millions of people, I still play it from time to time, and the story of how that happened is worth telling. I should note that this film does contain some things that aren't actually true. Like, there's one scene toward the end where Nintendo of America President Howard Lincoln and Edgerton's Hank Rogers are racing through the streets of Moscow trying to escape so they can get back to the United States before they're arrested. And even while watching this movie for the first time, I knew there's no way that really happened. I mean, if Nintendo of America President Howard Lincoln had been in a high-speed chase with a KGB in the Soviet Union in the 1980s, I'm pretty sure I would have heard about that. It's kind of like the of Argo where all these characters are like racing to escape militants in Iran so they can get out of the country and the movie depicts it like they got out just by the skin of their teeth that's not quite what actually happened in real life but inserting a little fiction into the story did make Argo a better movie Same deal here. There weren't really high-speed chases between Nintendo and the Soviet government, and there probably wasn't really a corrupt KGB agent inserting himself into these negotiations and threatening Hank, as happens in this film, but those little flourishes are thrown into Tetris to make it a more compelling film. I can forgive it. So yeah, if you watch this movie, be aware that not exactly everything that happens in it really happened, but the basic story is correct. And hey, it's the story of Tetris. The movie Tetris, now on Apple Plus, is an entertaining and interesting sit. And it better be I signed up for a month of Apple TV just to see it. Was my money well spent? Well, yeah, it was. It made for a good viewing. I give Tetris a 3.5 out of 5 for this edition of Flick Pick.